Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again, this is Steve Wilson, continuing in our study in the book of Matthew. And by the way, I'd like to uh, thank all of those of you who have been following along with us or perhaps have gone back and caught up um, our earlier uh, podcast. Uh, we've gone through five chapters now. We're headed into... Uh, chapter 6, and you know, as is the case with most any chapter, there's really more here than you have time to talk about, and I try to keep these podcasts to about uh, 15 minutes, so very often I run out of time before I run out of information, but uh, you know, we've reached a point here where in this chapter we're going to see the uh, the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer goes by different names, and um, you know, we'll have some things to say about that when we get there because people have different ideas about it. But, uh, you know, first of all, um, it, it begins to address the idea of, uh, of get the giving of alms or perhaps tithes, you know, or just the giving of money um, to the church, to others, however you want to, you know, the church uses it. And uh, by the way, I, I firmly believe that these are things that should go through the local church, but that's a subject for another day. But anyway, let me read to you a few verses uh, in chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet, before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thine left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. Um, first of all, let's... Uh, Let's talk about the, the rewards, I guess, really, I'm kind of starting at the end. But it, it mentions there in verse 4 about being, if you do these things in secret, then God will reward you openly. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that's not a prosperity gospel. That's that's not what he's talking about at all, because you hear that from a lot of these prosperity preachers. preachers. They'll talk about how God's going to reward you tenfold, so just the more money you give, the more money you get. That's not what this is about has nothing to do with it. Um, you do things for God simply because you do things for God, because you love Him and you want to, and you want to give to His work, to His ministry. Obviously, you know, the church needs money to accomplish things, and, and God uses that to um, bring about His will. 
So, you know, the the rewards that he gives to us, number one, there, there are crowns that you can win in heaven. There's five crowns that you can win for doing different things. So certainly we understand the premise that there are rewards that we may not see until heaven. And perhaps he's talking about when he's going to reward us openly. He's not necessarily even talking about this life. Perhaps he's talking about in heaven. Um, but, you know, it, you know, the rewards can take on different forms, many different forms. Um, it may be money. It may be um, health. It may be uh, relationships. It may be just a good church or a good family or any number of things that God can do to reward us. But bear in mind, when God gives us something, he gives us things that we can use for his glory. And that's what all this is about. And it, and it, it mentions that, you know, when we give, we give to the, for the glory of God. Um, but going back to this idea of giving him rewarding us openly, it, it simply means, I think, that you're going to know. You're going to know God's taking care of you. You know, you know that God knows what you do if you do it for the right reasons. And so you're going to see things happen in your life that, um, you know, that you never expected to happen or that you're easily going to recognize it was God. You know, it's expected of Christians to give alms or to give tithes, to give money. Uh, the motive, of course, is not to be seen amen, but to give simply because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. I've already said that. The Pharisees gave that men might proclaim their name in the synagogue. Um, you know, their their practices, I've seen and heard of practices where you might march around in the front and someone would announce, uh, brother and so-and-so is going to give X amount of dollars. And so everybody would hear that. And so certainly people, you know, these Pharisees, uh, there might have been a situation where that was happening. Somehow it was being proclaimed. People knew who they were and knew how much they were giving. Frankly, I don't think anybody ought to know how much you give. That's between you and God. And when I was pastoring a church, I went to great lengths to make sure that I never knew how much people were giving. I simply didn't want to know because I, you know, I, I know myself. I didn't want that to impact how I tried to minister to people. I, I didn't want to be sitting there thinking, you know, these are people that never give to the church. So, you know, why should I minister to them? That wasn't what it was about. Um, but you know, they wanted to be noticed. Um, so what it really boils down to is they were purchasing their popularity instead of giving um, alms. Um, some have even gone the other route and used this passage to say, well, you know, giving in secret, that gives them an excuse to give less. If nobody knows how much you give, then not only do they know not how much you give, but how little you give. So, um, you know, you can get by with that as far as your relationship with other people is concerned. But, of course, you know, we know that God knows everything. So you can't really get away with anything when it comes to God. So be very wary of that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it even mentions this thing, this um, giving openly or rewarding you openly um, more than once. It says it in verse 4. I think it says it again. I mean, look in verse, uh, let's see, verse 7. I know it's in. It's later on in verse uh, 18. Um, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Uh, he says it there. And, um, I, oh, here it is in verse 6. Um, he, he, at the end of that verse, and thy father which seeth in secret 
shall reward thee openly. So he mentions several times, he's going to take care of you. You know, he, he, he's going to respond. Um, he, he knows what we need. He knows how we need it, why we need it. Um, they, they want to, you know, the Pharisees want to look good. That's not what it's about. So when we give, give from your heart, give what you can, and give biblically. And part of that process of giving biblically is to give quietly. Uh, down in verse 5, he kind of shifts gears and begins to talk about prayer. And he says, and when thou prayest, um, and he uses the same uh, principle here that applies to the giving of alms. It, it applies to the giving to praying to God because he talks about praying in secret. And he says, if you do it in secret, he'll re reward you openly. He said, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites, um, as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. You know, I, I love that phrase when God says, look, don't worry about what they do. Sometimes we think we need to do things to get even with people or call them out. Look, God knows us and he knows them. He knows the positives and the negatives. He's taking care of that stuff. So just, um, you know, leave it to him. But he says, but when thou prayest, Enter into thy closet. Now, he doesn't, you can go into a closet if you want to, if that's what makes you comfortable. But, he, you know, he doesn't literally mean you have to go in, in your shoe closet in order to pray. He's just saying to go somewhere uh, quiet and, uh, and alone and talk to God. And, you know, I find that's the best way to talk to God anyway without any interruption. Uh, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, um, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Um, you know, when we get into the Lord's Prayer here in a, in a little bit, I may mention this again, but, you know, I, I hear people pray the Lord's Prayer. In fact, one time, a um, place I used to work, um, I was working there during 9-11, and, of course, when that happened, everybody got religious all of a sudden. So um, everybody knew who I was and what I was all about. And, you know, it was it made me feel good to think that they all came to me. There was probably 50 of them that came to me, and they said, you know, we, we need to pray. And they said, we need Steve to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. And so, you know, we all stood in a big circle and held hands and the whole bit. And, and before I prayed, I said, look, I, I'm not big on recitations. Um, when I pray, I just talk to God because that's what prayer is and that's the way I prayed and I got a lot of good compliments after that but it, it seems like people expect that and you know it's okay to pray the Lord's Prayer if you want to but I don't think that was the way it was intended I don't think he meant for us to recite word for word what he says here um, you know he just uh, there's a principle that takes place here and he kind of gives us an idea of how we should pray I've always used a little outline um, and maybe you've heard this before, and it, but it's easy to remember. It's ACTS or Acts, like the book of Acts. And it, it, it means um, when you pray, these are the things you should include. You can use them in this order if you want, but you don't have to. But, you know, I, I try to. Um, adoration, I try to honor God first. I like to look at myself and confess, confess whatever sins are in my life. I like to then thank Him 
for everything he has done for me. And then supplication comes last. You know, I, I hold the, the gimmies and, until the end. And, and you'll see those elements in the Lord's Prayer here when he gives it. And I, I think that's really what is it, it's uh, intended to do. Um, I forgot where I dropped off here. Here, everything. But when you pray, verse 7, I guess, use not vain repetitions as a heathen do. I think I did read that. <coughs> you know, very often, uh, you know, I've, I've seen people do this, and I can picture the Pharisees possibly doing this. When they, they, they pray, they would constantly repeat things that they wanted people to hear and to even to make themselves uh, look good. Um, like if you want to voice your needs, um, you know, that's okay. Voice your needs. God says we should do that. But, you know, it's one thing to say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. I need food or Lord, I'm, I'm out of work. I need a job. It's a whole nother thing to, to, to get up there and say, Lord, you know, my uh, my Mercedes is uh, it needs some repair. And you know how expensive those shops are when you when you take your Mercedes in to get it worked on. And I'm just asking that you just give me an honest mechanic and ask me, ask them to do that the work right, you know. People do that not because they really are praying about the cost and, you know, how expensive things are. They're doing it because they want people to know that they can afford expensive stuff. And, uh, you know, I think that's what it's like. And they'll constantly repeat that sort of thing. I really think that's what he's after here. Uh, after this manner, therefore, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the, uh, the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want you to notice in verse uh, 11, just uh, take note of that. If you skip down to uh, verse 33, he says, here we're, we're, we're asking for something. Give us this day our daily bread. But then in verse 33, he says, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things, these things shall be added unto you. So it seems like that's a contradiction because he's directing us by giving us a a, a prayer to follow after, to model ourselves, our prayers after. And then he turns around and, and says, but look, just just seek ye first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about these other things. Look, God does want us to express our needs. He's talking about an attitude here. If, you know, we can honor God by asking. We're doing that simply because he told us to, and we trust him, and we believe he can provide it, and he wants to provide. So there's nothing at all wrong with that. Going back to that uh, little outline that I gave you, you know, it, it easily as you see this, it talks about, uh, he said, it starts with thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's adoring um, God the Father. Give us this day our daily bread. Um, he's doing two things re there, really. He's, he's thanking God for having daily bread, for the fact that he gave it to us, but he's... He's obviously asking, Lord, give us our daily bread. So he's really covering two bases in one phrase there. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, he's asking God to forgive us. Um, that's supplication, but he's also saying, look, we're forgiving others. So uh, he's, he's, he's confessing to God that, you know, we, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we overlook those things. We don't do what we should. And, and uh, clearly in verse 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He's acknowledging the fact 
that we live in an evil world and sometimes we succumb to it. And then he finishes up with the adoration again, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Uh, amen. Um, look, our, our prayers, first of all, should honor God. Uppermost in the king's mind and the heart is the kingdom. Therefore, we should place this in our prayers before earthly things. We need to pray for personal need and we need to pray for forgiveness. But God's forgiveness is conditional. If we can't forgive our brothers, then um, God's not going to forgive us. You know, that puts a sin between us and God. If we don't clear our sins between us, we, we, we have to break that barrier that stands between us and God before he can hear us. So we need to make sure that we confess those sins um, before we pray to God. All right, I'm going to go ahead and knock off here, and uh, we'll try to pick up, I guess, in verse 16 when we come back. Thank you, and God bless.